When you witness a birth that has taken place in its natural way without intervention, and then you stay around to witness the hours and the days after the birth, and then you consider the months before the birth, the beautiful symphony of events that you've witnessed might just overwhelm you. The sheer amount of things that had to go right for any of it to continue to happen is mind-boggling. Then when you step back and consider that no human did one thing to make any of it happen, your mind is blown even more. How can such a symphony be explained? I want to look at that with you today. Grab your Bibles, or if you don't have one, download a free Bible app real quick on your phone because I want you to see this for yourself. Let's go. Are you a Christian woman yearning for a beautiful, joyful pregnancy and birth with a focus on God, not medical tests? Are you worried the birth you want isn't possible and you're tired of being treated like an accident waiting to happen? Hey mama, I'm Lori, host of Your Birth, God's Way. I'm a certified nurse midwife now, but I wasn't always. After working for nearly 20 years in the broken maternity system, I too was in your shoes wondering how I could have the birth I wanted and that I felt God meant for me to have. I found a secret that has actually been known since the beginning of time. God's way is the best way. Spoiler alert, God made us and our babies and he knows us best. He designed us perfectly for pregnancy, birth, and nourishing our babies after birth if we work with his design and not against it. In this podcast, you'll learn how to be healthy and have joy during this time of life that will be over before you know it. So if you're ready to reclaim your birth and your babies for his glory, go turn on a few episodes of Bluey for that little one on your hip so you can put the focus back on you for a few minutes with me. Did you miss out on getting to sign up for the first round of the Your Birth God's Way Christian Childbirth Education course and now you've got something on your mind that you really need help with but you don't know where to turn? I know so many of you feel rushed and you get flustered during those few brief moments you have with your provider. You've got a list of things you want to talk about in your head, but in the instant that you have to ask them, you forget, or worse, you convince yourself it was a dumb question and you just don't ask. I feel your pain, Mama. So often it's hard to get the information you need from somebody you can trust. So if you're currently kicking yourself because you didn't sign up for our class, do not stress. I'm still here for you. Down in the show notes, there's a link called the Midwife and Me Power Hour, where you can sign up for an entire hour of one-on-one time with me. You'll answer a few brief questions so that then I can tailor our time addressing exactly what you need for where you are in your pregnancy. You don't have to worry about hospital policy or bias influencing the answers you get. You'll just get straightforward advice from a Christian midwife who's been there and done that no matter what that is. I don't have many slots available, so be sure to grab one while you can. I'm here to help you have your birth the way God intended it to be. Go sign up for a Midwife and Me Power Hour right now. I've been listening to other birth podcasts lately, and I have learned so much. There are some providers out there who are doing some wonderful work helping moms to have the births that they want without chaos and without unnecessary intervention. They are helping them to have the births the way God God designed them to have them. But there is one sad element that I just can't get over. Today I was listening to one that was looking at breastfeeding as a natural continuation of the baby's development once the life support system of the mom's womb and the placenta is gone. 
They referred to it all in its beauty as a symphony, and it is. It surely is a symphony, and that is a great description of it. But they continually referred to nature or whatever intelligent being may have designed this process. They kept grappling for a term to explain what they continually witnessed in birth after birth. And then they acknowledged that it usually, whatever the thing is that's causing it to happen, it all usually works pretty well. Wow. They know so well the works of God, but they deny him in it, or they just can't understand it. They recognize this beautiful design, but they struggle to explain how it is all possible. Creation demands a creator. What do I mean by that? Well, back to that symphony analogy. When you listen to a symphony of music and you consider how the notes from each of the instruments, which are all pitched in different keys, how those notes from each of those instruments blend and harmonize perfectly. You would never think that that piece of music that you're listening to just created itself. You don't look down at your shoe and think it just happened. You know that someone came up with the design of the shoe, the way this shoe would be composed, the type of fabric that would form the top, the way the sole would be composed, what it would be made of, what it would feel like, how the shoe would close up and hold it on your foot. You would never assume that that shoe just happened and that the way it just happened was pretty cool and it usually works. You would know a person, an intelligent mind, was behind it to organize it and to create it. Same, at, same analogy goes for a car, only with even more intricate designs than, or design details than the shoe. You think about the frame itself of the car, the engine the transmission, the seats, the interior, the windshield, the windows, none of it just happened. Someone designed it. Same analogy goes for building a house. If it has air conditioner and it has heat, has electricity, it has plumbing, it has walls that then hold up and bear the weight of the roof. It has floors that bear the weight of your bodies and all the furniture in your house. You know an intelligent mind was behind it and that it has to be engineered just perfectly. Those things that I've just talked about were all made by men from the materials available to them. And when I say men, obviously, it's all sometimes women. I'm talking about mankind. But pregnancy and birth, consider that now. Let's think about the difference here. Each cell, each organ, each nerve, each gland... Everything in that baby. Are those things just happening by chance? Is, quote, nature just making that happen? These providers I was listening to intuitively knew that the things they witnessed day to day must have been designed somehow. I can't believe that they don't consider that God is that designer. I just can't fully believe that in a world that churches exist a lot of people believe in God, so I'm sure that they have considered it on some level. However, it does seem that they don't consider that as a possibility. Perhaps they're not aware of him. There are some people that aren't, but they still know that something is there. Just using the term nature can't explain what is happening or who is making it happen. Many things that we see are natural but they are that way because for something to be natural really means it is functioning the way that God designed it to function. So what do I mean by all this? God designed life and God designed birth. 
he designed for a woman's breast to produce milk that is perfect nutrition for a baby during its first years of life. Back up a little bit, he designed an organ that comes out of nowhere, the placenta, that maintains the life of that baby for the entire pregnancy, and then it just falls out. I mean, think about that. He designed that part of pregnancy. He designed the hips to open. He designed the vagina and the cervix to open to let this baby out once it's complete. He designed the delicate dance of hormones that sustain a pregnancy and then transition to a different blend of hormones to sustain breastfeeding. Now, many would say, well, yeah, but it seems like it doesn't work right a lot. And that may be true, but mankind has messed with so much of the process that it seems to us on the outside to look in that it is flawed and broken, but really it's not broken at all. And if you remove all the messing with it and you return to functioning naturally the way that God designed it to function, things almost always flow smoothly because he made them to. And who is to say that even the few times that we do see the things go wrong that seem to happen by chance, that it is not at the hand of some interference from this fallen world that we haven't connected or considered as the cause. Maybe something years prior even. We just don't know. But one thing's for sure, he does. I want to dive into some scripture. I want to show you how his word tells us time and time and time again, the evidence of his creation is there and you can see it for yourself and everyone sees it, whether or not they call it what it is. If you don't have a Bible, again, I would encourage you to download an app onto your phone. There's lots of free ones that you can look at and see these verses for yourself. Jot them down. If you don't have time to look it up right now, make you a quick little list. I want you to see these for yourself. And I also want you to understand that I have cut out a lot for the sake of time. I just chose a few to try to direct your mind, but there's so many more. There's, there's so many more. I, I actually had to cut myself off from continuing to look them up because I was never going to get this recorded. So just keep that in mind. The more you read and that once you train your mind to think about this thing, you see it time and time again. When you start realizing the evidence that's in the word about the evidence that's in our world, you see it in stories that aren't even about that thing, but you'll see the evidence of it in traces of stories from Genesis all the way through Revelation. All right, first, Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. So you just looking up in the sky, that alone declares the glory, the wonderfulness of our God. But then let's look at Romans chapter 1, verse 20. Because already we're going to see that God acknowledges we're not always going to appreciate that he was the one behind everything. Romans 1 verse 20. For since the creation of the world, his, invi- his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being, understood, excuse me, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. I would encourage you to read that whole chapter, by the way, so that you can understand the context of that verse. 
these attributes that are all around show that he is real and no one has an excuse to explain him away. Psalm 14 verses 1 through 5 tell us, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. They have all turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good, no, not one. Have all the workers of iniquity no knowledge, who eat up my people as they eat bread and do not call on the Lord? There they are in great fear, for God is with the generation of the righteous. That whole section tells us, that from that that was written way back in the Old Testament. There have been people saying there is no God for that long, even when they had his works evident in front of him when seas were being rolled back and cities were being wiped off the map from heaven. Things like this were happening in front of their eyes and there were still people denying God. So we know there are going to be people who deny God. And yet it tells us that He is with the generation of the righteous. So they're in fear. There they are in great fear. They don't get it. They they, they know there's something there. They fear it. They don't understand it. But God is still there with those who seek him, the righteous. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 26 says, Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. Who brings out their host by number? He calls them all by name, by the greatness of his might and the strength of his power. Not one is missing. Then just skip down to verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. You can't understand how he does it all, but you can know that he does it. You can look on high, you can look at the things around you and know that he is there. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, this he is talking about Jesus. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. That's not necessarily talking about creation in and of itself. That's talking about the beginning of time and Jesus being there with God in heaven. But it tells you that all things were made through him. All things. And that means all the things about the things, including things like birth. Because if everything is made by him, then it's also made to function by him. Psalm 100, verse 3, Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and not we ourselves. Which one of you listening to my voice right now made yourself? Which one of you, if you, let's say, break your leg, which one of you can fix it yourself? Yes, you can line it up and you can get a cast and you can do the things you need to do to put it all together, but can you make that bone reform? Can you actually go in there and create that bone? If you tear a muscle, can you make that muscle heal itself? You can give it good conditions, but can you actually do it? 
which one of you took the cells to start to sew them together to make yourself before you were born? None of you. That was God. He made us and not we ourselves. Psalm 29 verse 9, the voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth. So here we jump over into the animal world and just the voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth. So if the voice of the Lord makes even the deer give birth, do you really think that he's not making us give birth at the right time? Psalm 22 verses 9 and 10, but you are he who took me out of the womb. You made me trust while on my mother's breast. I was cast upon you from birth From my mother's womb, you have been my God. From his mother's womb, he took him out of his mother's womb and he made him trust while he was nursing on his mother's breast. Think about that. This is being written by a man, but he acknowledges that God was the one who initiated the birth process. And God was the one that initiated the milk that then nourished him and his faith was on that God or in that God from before he was born. Psalm 139 verses 13 through 16. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they are all written. The days fashioned for me while as yet there were none of them. So God was there when the cells came together. He made the cells join the sperm from your father, the egg from your mother. He made those come together and he was there in secret when that happened. And he was a part of the whole process, whether or not you acknowledge him. Ecclesiastes 11.5 As you do not know what is the way of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child, so do you do not know the works of God who makes everything. We can't understand it all. But we can know that it is God who is making it happen. You don't have to believe. You don't have to acknowledge him now. You can explain away all of this any kind of way that you want to. But know that someday you will. In Romans 14, verses 11 and 12, we read, For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. So while you can hear the verses that I've read and you can discount them, someday it will be made to you so plainly that you will bow your knee and realize that the one behind birth and pregnancy, breastfeeding, all of that was also the creator of everything and he is the source of your salvation in eternity. In the book of Luke, chapter 19, Jesus' disciples are praising him, and the Pharisees tell Jesus to scold them. But in verse 40, we read, But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. 
what he's saying there is I can tell him to stop, but if mankind does not praise me, I can raise these rocks up to praise me. He's not there because he needs the praise. He's not looking for that. He just wants people to follow him through faith in him. We don't have to acknowledge him. We can choose to keep silent, but he can raise up stones to cry out and he will prove with a, beyond the shadow of a doubt in the day of judgment that it was him behind it all. So let's get back to those providers grappling with knowing that there must be and be some intelligent designer, but not wanting to call him God. I want to consider a story that we read about in the book of Acts chapter 17. Paul here is on a missionary journey and he comes to Athens where there are a lot of philosophers who think they're pretty smart, kind of like today, you know, these philosophy people, (laughs) they think they're pretty smart. But in all their intelligence, they tend to deny the one thing that explains all they're trying to explain. So this reading is going to be a little bit longer, but I want you to see that these men were also recognizing that something or someone was causing things to happen, but they couldn't quite figure out what it was. All right, let's start in, we'll just take it back to Acts 17, verse 16, just so you can get the full story. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. So they were worshiping in idolatry. Therefore, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshipers and in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. Then certain Epicurean and Stoic philosophers encountered him and some said, what does this babbler want to say? Others said, he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine is of which you speak? For you are bringing some strange things to our ears. Therefore, we want to know what these things mean. For all the Athenians and the foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else but to either tell excuse me, but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Then Paul stood in the middle of the Oropagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you, God who made the world and everything in it, Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings, so that they should seek the Lord." in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said. For we are also his offspring. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and man's devising. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to, com- to repent, 
because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this thing by raising him from the dead. Speaking of Jesus. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, while others said, We will hear you again on this matter. So Paul departed from among them. However, some men joined him and believed, among them Dionysus the Arepagite, a woman named Damaris, and others with him. So what we see there is everything that you need to see to know that the thing that so many in our world and that these providers are grappling for and are grasping for, it says it right here, that they are, they are groping for him. And groping is, is kind of a term of feeling blindly in the dark, looking for, like you know there's something there. You can't quite put your finger on what it is. They're groping for God. And he is there and can be found when an honest heart looks for him because in him we live and we move and we have our very being whether or not we acknowledge it. Some believed here, some didn't. What about you? Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 tell us, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. So when you stop leaning on your own knowledge and you open up to acknowledge him, he will direct you to find the truth. And the truth of this beautiful symphony that he has created is that he is the composer. He is the designer, the intelligent creator, the one behind this, quote, nature that everyone wants to discount. There is no other explanation but God. I can think nothing more faith building. I can think of nothing more faith building than considering what we've thought about today. If you have been grappling with how nature could orchestrate this exquisite chain of events and you felt like something was missing, today you found that thing. Your understanding of birth had a God-sized hole in it. But just as the Bible is a symphony of stories linked together divinely by a common thing, your presence listening to this podcast today was also divinely worked together. I want to help you discover even more about God and his salvation. If this podcast has brought up new questions or you want to know more, you want to study, please email me and let's study his word so that you can see the truth for yourself. I want you to see it for yourself, not based on what I said. I'm, I'm nothing special. I'm just reading to you his word. The scripture, scriptures are full of stories that prove God over and over again. And I would love to just help you see that for yourself. While you can read the Bible for yourself, sometimes it helps to have someone to just kind of guide you to where different things are talked about so you can see it. But I want you to read for yourself and have the faith for yourself that this God that we've read about today, he is the one sewing that sweet baby together in your womb right now. If you're pregnant, obviously. He's the one that has designed the whole beautiful process. And when you work with him and try to do things his way, that symphony is just the most beautiful and overwhelmingly loving thing that you'll ever consider. There is no way to explain that symphony of birth without God. 
and I hope that you see that now. Seek him with an honest heart and he will direct your path. He promised that. The peace you find around pregnancy and birth and breastfeeding and all the things that happen when you're postpartum, that peace is unmatched when you place God at its center. I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope you've learned something today. If you have, I hope that you will share this with someone. And I can't wait to talk to you again right here next week. Real quick, if today's episode blessed you in any way, would you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a quick five-star written review? It'll take you less than a minute, but it's the best thank you you can give me. And it will help my show to reach more mamas just like you so we can all find God's best for our families. I'll see you right back here in a few days.